You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, and God hates us. God really, truly <laughs> hates us. If you thought the Yankees were at a breaking point prior to Wednesday night, when they took a win, you know, sometimes you say they took a win off the table, like they had a win and they lost it when they like blow a save or blow a late lead or whatever. And obviously all those things happened on Wednesday. They legitimately took a win out of the record books when they decided to resume the game at 1140 for absolutely no reason. We're going to try to apologize for things that we may have done in our past that have led to God cursing this team. In the meantime, you can find past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question if you'd like it answered. Thomas Carinante, Wednesday's loss uh, was the all-time historic worst loss and it has me going through my head thinking about ways I can atone for my past behavior that might undo whatever curse God has placed on the New York Yankees. When this game resumed in the sixth inning, uh, in the after the pouring rain, the second hour-plus long rain delay, they don't call games anymore, I guess. And the second that happened, I went to sleep. Call me a bad fan if you want to. I don't care, really, because everyone with a shred of intelligence knew Aroldis Chapman was not holding on to that lead, whatever that lead ended up being at the end of this finicky six-hour nonsense. You did call it. Uh, I don't blame anybody for it. going to sleep. You called it. You said this game, there's no point in watching this game. It's either a no win point. or it's going to end with disaster because, like you said, 
Uh, Chapman in the rain, not good. Chapman in not a safe situation. I did look up his splits. He surprisingly does have good stats in non-safe situations, but like this was a borderline save situation because it was just one more run. And it Um, was a safe situation when he was warming up. Yes. Um, So I don't know. Like, like we've talked about before, if he's thrown off any aspect of his axis, whether it's uh, losing, losing the, the foreign substances, whether it's Aaron Boone uh, deking him with that intentional walk against Carlos Santana, whether it's, I don't even know. He's he just it needs to be a dialed in perfect situation for a Chapman or else it's it's not a good situation for him, unfortunately. Um, and uh, it was surprising uh, that it had ended in that fashion because they cruise through the sixth through the eighth innings. And you're like, oh, great. Eight four. But then 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 you look at them squander opportunity after opportunity opportunity on offense. Uh, this game was not the offense's fault. They chased Shohei Otani uh, with seven runs in the first inning, which was unbelievable. Um, but that's like the Yankees problem this year. It's you have a chance to just crush somebody's neck and and stomp them out and and they don't do it. Uh, double plays out the ass once again. Bases loaded opportunities once again. Can't cash in. And then, of course, this is what happened. Chapman three walks, grand slam, tie game, go to Lucas Litke. What do you think is going to happen? The momentum is fully on the Angels side. They rack up another three runs. I wake up to a push notification at 245 that the Yankees lost 11 to eight. I have a group text that said, what the fuck? The Yankees lost. Uh, Yeah, uh, not really surprising, but it did keep me up for a couple hours. Um, It's weird because I have done stuff in my past that God is probably punishing me and us for. However, you know, we were kind of against this team hanging on to and resigning Roldis Chapman after the domestic trading for him. We were against it because of the it was a scummy move to acquire him when you knew the value was low because he was coming off domestic violence allegations. Domingo Herman, same thing. We called for him to be cut. Um, obviously we can't just keep writing those pieces and talking about it. I would like him not on the team, even if he was performing well, now he's performing poorly. I'm sure we can revisit that and talk about how much we had talked about for months about how we don't want him. But anyway, well, it's um, a tough blow to the let's wait for due process crowd because uh, due process happened in both of these cases. And these players were found guilty. So, uh, we don't have to wait for that anymore. Yeah, we don't. Um, and we also don't have to wait for due process in general. I know people are talking about that with the Trevor Bauer case. We're not going to get involved in that. But guys, if you're a suspect in everyday life, you as just a regular citizen uh, and someone gets a restraining order or someone tells the cops about something happened and the cops are investigating it, you're taking a leave of absence from work and it's not really your choice. So this is all on the MLB for letting a lot of these things happen. Um, Nobody else is investigated by their workplace and then absolved from any wrongdoing or, you know, getting a saw you're suspended from work for half the year. Oh, shit, man, that sucks. No. Most of us go to jail or there's there's other issues that that uh, we're held accountable for legally. Um, anyway, in terms of my own accountability, um, I can tell you two reasons why God is definitely mad at me. Uh, when I was younger in middle school, I broke a window at a church playing mm. uh, lacrosse against the wall. Never played lacrosse. Just my buddy had a lacrosse ball. Didn't I didn't break any uh, stained glass. So don't worry about that, guys. Just broke a random window and I ran away because what else are you going to do at that point? I'm not going to go yeah. tell the priest I broke the fucking window. Um, so God is still looking down at me and like, yeah, you broke my window at one of my places of worship. And, you know, now now we're going to give you a shitty three months of Yankees baseball. Um, the other one is uh, I'll come clean with this. 
Um, I went to the Yankees uh, 1999 World Series victory game four over the Braves. Uh, great time. Uh, certainly shaped my uh, my memories of Yankees baseball. And then I became an asshole in like middle school. That was like fourth or fifth grade when I went to that game. And then in middle school, I was just like, I'm sick of seeing the Yankees win all the time. This isn't fun. Uh, so I became a Giants fan for a little while because I love Barry Bonds. Um, and all my friends who are Yankees fans were like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, eh, uh, the Yankees win too much. It's, it's not fun anymore. I'm going to root for another team and another player. Um, so I did that for a brief while while I was a punk ass middle schooler. Um, and now maybe it's coming back to bite me because why did I give up on my team for no reason when things were good? I guess because I was an asshole. I love that. I, I, I did the same thing. I was bored of the Yankees winning and I became a Phillies fan very briefly. <laughs> um, 2001, 2002. Oh, 2003. Um, yeah, I don't know. I did that. I also had an Astros hat. I went to Houston in 2004. I rooted for the Astros in the NL wildcard race a couple times. Um, but that's the kind of person I was in, in middle school and early high school. People would say, why do you have this hat? Why are you wearing an Astros hat to school? Not sure. Monitoring the wildcard standings <laughs> in mid-September for, for Houston baseball. Um, a lot of things in my past. Yeah, 12, uh, going to the veteran veteran stadium as a, as a 12-year-old watching Jose. I once drove from New York to the vet to watch Jose Mesa blow a save it, like in a four and a half hour, like sunbaked, horrible game. Um, I've got plenty to apologize for. Uh, in seventh grade, I, uh, I instant messaged a girl, you're ugly. And then when she responded, what the fuck? I said, sorry, wrong box. Um, it was not the wrong box. I was just trying to, I was trying to be mean. I wasn't a mean kid. I'd, I'd been bullied too. I was just trying to get a taste of it. It was not the wrong box. I apologize to God. Um, in sixth grade, this is not my fault, but I was walking down the hallway. There's no way to explain this and make it sound like it isn't your fault. I was walking down the hallway at play rehearsal, just smacking the wall. I mean, what else you do as a sixth grader? I was just smacking the wall. I was walking down the hallway, hitting the wall, hitting lockers. I had a five-minute break, just <laughs> in a zone, hitting the wall. Um, and I, I'm walking, and I see there's a water fountain coming up, and I know that's going to make a satisfying smack if I really hit the water fountain hard, I'm banging a concrete wall. It's not very interesting water fountain coming up. So I really rear back and sort of get ready to hit a water fountain. And I'm also not looking at anything and not thinking I rear back. I, I bang the water fountain and I, I cup ass instead of hitting a water fountain. Um, I, I, I cupped a butt and it was my sixth grade crush. So nerve wracking moment for me, obviously, um, back in the day, but in, in modern times, I do feel like I must apologize for that. It's kind of insane to think that I didn't see a person at the water fountain, especially a person I had a crush on, but I maintain to this day, I truly did not see a person drinking water. Um, what else do I have to apologize for? Uh, I've been very mean to Red Sox fans on the internet from 2009 to 2020 ish or so. I'm trying to yeah. be nicer now. But I feel like God might not love exactly the level of vitriol I've had for some very nice people who have no flaws other than the fact that they are from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm trying everything. I, I'm I feel quite lost at this juncture. Yeah, rooting for the Phillies very publicly probably didn't do me any favors <laughs> at, at any point in time. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm just out of options because all of us knew. Our oldest Chapman had no place on this baseball team. It, when it comes down to it, we can only apologize so much, right? Because the Yankees have chosen to employ our oldest Chapman. The Yankees 
chose to resume a game that was over, was finished. The Washington Nationals uh, bagged their game against the Dodgers uh, on Thursday after about the same amount of time the Yankees forced their fans to wait through the rain and the gibberish here. Um, I can't I can't believe they resumed this game. And once they did, I was out. I'm done. The Yankees aren't good. I don't need to watch these types of games. I definitely don't need to stay up until 1 a.m. to watch the world as Chapman uh, obviously blow a game. It didn't matter what the lead was. I, I, it did not matter what the lead was. I wish the Yankees had a chance to be up like six or seven. I can't blame the offense at more than 15 to 20 percent. I can blame them a little bit. They had the bases loaded and grounded into a double play in the second inning. They had second and third, one out uh, for Voight, who whiffed in the third inning. They had first and second, one out in the sixth for Glaber Torres. A double play, of course. I mean, why would Glaber Torres not hit into a double play there with a chance to extend a lead? I went to bed. I mean, I had the same story as you. It was, ho- it was fucking horrible. And this is for this is just for the public record. This is for there's no way a Yankee fan is listening to this episode of the podcast, by the way. No chance. I'm no. not listening to a Yankee podcast for until the deadline. Why would I listen to a Yankee podcast if I like this team right now? This is the worst <laughs> and most frustrating this team has ever been. So this is purely for the haters. 11:30. I go to bed. I'm trying. I force myself to sleep. It takes a really long time. I don't think I fell asleep until one ish. I'm sure if I had, I could have probably checked the final score before I went to bed. Um, sleep for real. Um, I finally do get to sleep. My body wakes me up at 3:41 in the morning. I go, all right, well, it's over. You know, there's no way it's still. There's no way it's still going on. Either one or lost. Got to face music. Open my phone. There is no. I get. I contend there will be no funnier feeling maybe for the rest of our lives as Yankee fans, then open bleary eyed three forty in the morning, opening the line score and seeing, all right, zeros in the sixth, zeros in the seventh. Oh, we got one in the bottom of the eighth. Oh, seven. Oh, there's, oh, there's a seven in there. Like seven. not only did we, not only did we lose at one in the morning, not, not only did the game get blown, I sort of, expect you know it's seven four when i go to sleep i expect one in the eighth chapman blows a two-run lead we give a a run a piece in the 10th we lose in the 11th like that felt within the realm of pop nope just a flat out seven spot to a team that it definitely seemed had given up in the sixth seventh and eighth and then when a rolled as chapman started walking them around the bases they were like oh well i mean if it's gonna be all walks i mean we might as well hit a grand slam. We might as well have our might only well. good player hit a grand slam. The seven was so funny. And I had numerous texts from people too. A lot of whelps, a lot of, all right, time for bed. A lot of OMGs. Uh, are you yeah. okay? I mean, are you okay? Are you alive? I got a, I got a, a text in the morning that said, is Adam okay? He's going to probably, he's about to make his own version of Bo Burnham's inside about the 2021 Yankees and the experience of following <laughs> that team during the pandemic. I mean, yeah, maybe I should. Uh, it, this is the worst team. This, this, this is, is just the, pro- the worst team, and this, that was the worst moment. This is the problem with the Yankees, because even when the offense comes back, the offense scores 11 the night before. They score a quick seven in this one. They got 18 runs in their last 10 innings, if you really want to boil it down to that. And then it's tailor-made for the bullpen, just fucking shut it down dude you got a four-run lead everybody's exhausted you're not Otani's out of the lineup because he had to get taken out as a pitcher you're facing the first two batters of the bottom of the lineup into the top of the lineup so Roldis Chapman should have no problems with this the best batter he has to face by far is Anthony Rendon 
And then he has to face enough batters to get to Jared Walsh, who's probably the next best hitter in this lineup. And, and look, look what happened. So um, the other, the other troubling aspect about it, which is what we've talked about at length is that we didn't want Chapman in there. We, we just didn't because it's not a situation for him. We wanted just somebody else, Chad Green, we were talking about, but Aaron Boone simply could not, he's in no position to not put Chapman in there because then we're talking about, oh, uh, why didn't you bring in Chapman? And God forbid Chad Green blows the game, I mean. And then you're like, well, why didn't you bring in Chapman? He's he's your closer. He uh, He's had plenty of rest. And it's like, well, uh, he's usually, you can't just say there, oh, well, it's usually not a tailor-made situation for Chapman. Thought we can get by with Chad Green, blah, blah, blah. No, but there, there was no winning there for Aaron Boone and, and the fans chanting fire Aaron Boone. Not Just not the move, guys. Wasn't an Aaron Boone loss. It was this team just having no gumption whatsoever. And that's what it turned into. And that's the problem with the Yankees. When when finally one aspect of the team is able to get themselves out of the doldrums, you have another part of the team just hammering them right back into the ground. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, more of this and, and some Yankee trade deadline candidates. This is a podcast for Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, and Mets fans. And I hope you guys love the podcast. This is just story time for you guys. We could, we could go on. We could, I would do anything to reverse what currently is happening this season. Stick around. We'll be right back. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh-so-refreshing. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, I mean, when I woke up at 3.40 in the morning, I didn't get back to sleep until 4.45. I wrote a thing about Chapman. I didn't even realize until the morning that Chad Green didn't didn't pitch in this game. Yeah. I, I don't really understand why Lucas Litke came in in the, in the ninth either. Like, I do understand why Chapman came in in the 8-4 game. I do think that if Aaron Boone had a feel I'm like, maybe I should manage the Yankees. If Aaron Boone had a feel for the way things usually go for the New York Yankees, he would have known not to use Chapman there. But like you said, it's impossible. You can't imagine Aaron Boone, who's definitely like, I don't see a way in which his contract gets renewed at the end of the season. He certainly it's the Yankees don't midseason fire people anymore, but he's in the conversation for a midseason firing. I don't think you could look at an eight, four must win game and go, I'm not going to use my closer. It's not his fault that our oldest Chapman currently has a 19 ERA in his past several weeks after not having an earned run on his ledger for like two months. He, he has had the best stretch of his Yankee career followed by the absolute worst. So I understand why he had to be in that game, but I also knew he was losing it as soon as he entered that game and long before he entered that game. In order for the Yankees to win that, they needed this to be out of Chapman's range. And once he was the man on the mound whose hand was going to be dealing the final blow, I was like, well, that's that's it. That's over. Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't even think about this anymore i just can't i don't understand how it's i don't understand how, him not being able to locate his fastball for a month uh, what wh- how how can you not locate the most basic pitch possible for for an entire month this has been this is not anything new blew the royals game uh blew that twins game just in in epic fashion you're sitting there and you're like well 
I don't know what to do. I literally don't know what to do at this point. I'm sitting that here. Twins game to was jaw on the floor. The yeah. fastest blown save of yeah. all time. Single and home run, single yeah. home run game over the easiest. And then I'd rather something like that instead of the constant walks, the constant mound visits. How are we going to attack this guy? And then the, and then the Boone Carlos Santana thing, which I, we talk about every week now. Oh, you're not going to walk him. Okay, great. Actually, no, you're going to walk him. Yeah, great. you are. Now, I forgot. Now, my, now Roldis Chapman's brain is broken because once again, he, you throw him off any aspect of his game and then he shits his pants and four pitch walk to a guy who's batting zero and has never zero. had a major league hit before. Zero. Um, uh, it, it's just shot. It, it's it, it's crazy how we're at this point. It is July and there are still moments of futility that are like jaw on the floor. I, I cannot. I cannot fathom what is happening. It's it's still and fans have every right to be mad. Some fans might be dumb uh, just calling for random people to be fired or random people to be traded. Um, I'll say I went a little overboard saying Glaber should be optioned in the midst of his four and 51 streak. Uh, probably should have been more appropriate to just give him a phantom IL stint and just figure out what to do from there. Um, but the play is just unacceptable from all angles. And you look at a guy like Chapman, who's supposed to be one of the anchors of this team. And his performances over the last month are just like you wouldn't see from the bottom five closes in the league on a stretch like this. Uh, so uh, God bless us for going through this. And uh, I, I just there are there there aren't many more words. I don't know how much more I can complain. I don't know how many more alternate scenarios I can come up for this team or any more suggestions I can have for Brian Cashman. He doesn't listen to me anyway. So what's the point? Look at the rest of the bullpen, though. This is the one area of optimism. They're like other teams don't pay for top bullpen arms, and the Yankees should never do that again. No, ever. If the Yankees were going to operate like a behemoth, like if the Yankees were going to flex their muscles and be the Yankees, then yeah, offer a Roldis Chapman. I mean, not a Roldis Chat. Offer a person without a tainted past with a Roldis Chapman's resume on the field. Money, fine. You know, pay Zach Britton, great. If you're going to pay other people, if you're going to let Zach Britton's deal preclude you from passing the luxury tax, then you're an idiot because you have a minor league system full of relievers. J.P. Sears, there's there's like five guys at Double A striking out 1.75 batters per night, like per inning. There's so many dudes at Double and Triple A who are just blitzing. The Yankees lost Garrett Whitlock. The Yankees lost another dude to the Red Sox who's on uh, Worcester right now, and I forget his name, but a similar situation in the minor league rule five draft. There's an overflow of dudes at the minor league level who are blitzing the competition with, with heavy strikeout rate. So you can form a bullpen out of your minor league options. You can form a bullpen out of minor league dudes plus Darren O'Day plus Justin Wilson, who added two miles an hour when he came back from the injury, proving he was injured all year and lying about it or wasn't built up or whatever. O'Day, Wilson, Loisa is your closer. Chad Green, like Sess has been fine. You can make a bullpen without either Chapman or Britton or without both. You should be desperately trying to call people to take Chapman and Britain off their hands over the next month or so. It's what the Rays would be doing. The Rays traded Willie Adamas to the Brewers in the middle of this season. The Rays traded Blake Snell before the season. There is no reason the Yankees should carry Oldless Chapman past July 31st. Sorry. I agree. I, they're very hesitant to to rely on that. They're they're always spending on bullpen arms um, for, for whatever reason. I mean, I, I guess I can understand it to an extent. Maybe they don't trust their pitching prospects. Uh, I guess for good reason, because many of them don't pan out. But I, yeah, I mean, look at Nick Nelson. Like they, we thought he looked electrifying at the start of last year, and now he's he's just a nobody. So 
they're just they aren't operating in in the right manner you are right about that you know 30 million between Britain and Chapman for this year which is just fucking insane considering that they are hell bent they were hell bent coming into this year staying under luxury tax and what did we learn what did we learn yesterday from Michael K that almost had our brains explode for the 50th time this year kill Surprise. me just kill me Schwarber and Brantley reportedly Pitched the Yankees, wanted to play for the Yankees, and the Yankees couldn't make the money work because they pitch have to the stay. Yankees. Pitch the, the Yankees. Yankees. The Yankees didn't pitch them. The agents came to the Yankees. And said, hey, uh, you might need a fucking lefty bat or somebody who's capable of doing anything above average from the left side of the plate. Any oh, interest yeah. in the American League batting average leader for 16 million? <laughs> Not that much money. Any interest in Barry Bonds from the left side of the plate <laughs> who plays better defense than Clint Frazier, actually? Yeah. Um, like any interest you guys have interest they're doing powerpoint presentations like why the presumptive american league favorite could use one of the best hitters in baseball and the yankees are like hmm interesting brian cashman turns to hal he just gives a big old thumbs down shakes his head no and goes no we're gonna go with uh jameson tyone that's that's what we're gonna do Corey yeah, kluber gets money yeah i know this is hindsight we didn't see we did not see kyle schwarber stretch coming nobody saw that coming no. and we're only but talking about it now. not that much yeah we're only talking about it now because it's trending and it it it, it it's an issue. It's obviously it, this is happening. So it's obviously now a bad move in hindsight, but in the off season, everyone's saying, okay, great. Yankees don't really care about defense. Why not just bring in Schwarber, Clint Frazier, sell him at his high. Same thing with Mike Talkman the year before. Why did we not sell Mike Talkman at his high? Instead, you wait until his values diminish and then we get Wandy Peralta, who is just nothing. So uh, a lot of, a lot of things up top, uh, not going right. And Cashman's comments, I think sum it up. he, Claims it's not a managerial thing. He claims it's not a morale thing, but it's a player's thing. And guess what happens if it's a player's thing? That means it's a you thing, Brian Cashman. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, do I think I could do your job better than you? No, but people make mistakes and people make the wrong moves. And it's clear that going with a right-handed heavy lineup, passing on guys who wanted to play for you, who didn't really cost a prohibitive amount on a one to two year deal. You could have probably made something else work or dealt somebody else or just, paid the extra couple million dollars in taxes is an indictment on the ownership and the front office, because if the front office can't convince the ownership of that and the ownership is not going to budge on fucking $3 million in tax, then that's a problem. So a lot of fucking problems. <laughs> the Hal Steinbrenner press conference. So he blamed the players um, and also shout out to Hal Steinbrenner because we've all preemptively announced we're going to do something before this scenario gets way worse. At like midnight, he's like, I will appear before the media tomorrow to discuss the Yankees 7-4 win overnight. <laughs> and then a rolled his chap and blows the game. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. So then he has to show up and do this morning availability, which like good, good on him for doing that. I, I obviously don't like the man. And I think th there's some there's unfortunately a kernel of truth to all of this. When Hal Steinbrenner says, I don't I look around the league. I don't think we need a $250 million payroll to win. He's not wrong. He's Correct. not wrong. He's not of course, wrong. he's not wrong. There are plenty of teams that win with 180, 200, 200. Like the, the amount of money the Yankees sink into their payroll should be enough to build a winning team. Yeah. Therefore, Brian Cashman, uh, is that not an indictment on Brian Cashman and the way he spent his money and the way he's sort of gone like, I can have Giancarlo stand for free? Okay, let's go without the consideration that there would be a future budget crisis and crunch. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Uh, but then again, there probably shouldn't be that level of budgetary scrutiny 
on the New York freaking Yankees. Uh, and the Dodgers go, eh, whatever, we'll blow past the luxury tax every year. Who cares? Or like some years or, or some years we will, some years we won't. Like this year in particular, next year, the Yankees have Garrett Cole in his prime. The Yankees splurged on Garrett Cole. So while Hal Steinbrenner is correct that you don't really need a $280 million payroll to succeed, you do need to supplement an ace, a generational talent when you add one so that you don't waste your previous expenditures. You have to expand the boundaries of your budget when you have the chance to do that. If the Yankees had a middling roster at 140 million or whatever, I wouldn't be like, they should go all in and spend 180 million this offseason on every free agent. Like there, there are times when you need to pick and choose and some rosters don't need an infusion of cash in order to be competitive, and some do, and this one clearly could have used some roster adjustments this offseason. But Hal does blame the players, and at a certain point in time, it's like, yeah, I do think the players are at fault, because why is Glaber Torres this much worse? Why is Clint Frazier this much worse? Why is Miguel Andujar this much worse? Why is Miguel Andujar in left field in the first place? is a cashman (laughs) problem, but like a lot of players are very much worse. Luke Voigt, has actually regressed a little bit. I hope that's not permanent, but his numbers this year, not great. Um, Brett Gardner, we all know why he's worse, but he is. So there are some serious player regressions that have thrown a, a, you know, a scent on this roster. And then that comes down to Aaron Boone. Why aren't any of these players better? Why isn't Aaron Boone's staff making anyone better from 2019 to now? Why is the roster worse when you've taken a 103-win team and put Garrett Cole on it? All of these, all of these factors come into play. And so it's tough to blame any one party too much because Hal is right that he shouldn't need to spend 250 million. But in this specific instance, he probably should have spent 250 million considering the Yankees payroll is commensurate with the money they spent in 2004, despite all the inflation that has taken place and all the profits he's made since then. Brian Cashman should have been able to put together a better roster at this current payroll constriction, but he shouldn't have had a constriction in the first place. The players have been horrible and they are to blame possibly more than anybody else. But then again, shouldn't they have been coached to get better since 2019? And they have all in fact gotten worse. I blame everyone. Yeah. It's top to bottom issues, but you look at the payroll too, which is, which is the concern. If you're going to look at it from a concerning lens, which I guess Hal Steinbrenner is doing, you got Aaron judge, you got Gary Sanchez, you got Garrett Cole, you have John Carlos Stanton, you have Rolda Chapman, you have Zach Britton. That's six players that make up over uh, uh, right around or over a hundred million dollars. So right there, if you're talking about being concerned about your payroll, you're paying six guys on a 25, 26 man roster, half of what you're looking to spend. That, do- that doesn't add up. I understand that you do have to pay more guys than uh, you have to pay guys more money. Certain guys way more money. And that's the way the game works. But when you're talking about two relievers and a permanent DH making uh, s- around $60 million on a payroll where you have to remain under 210, that's uh, that, that that's a that's poor. That's poor management of your money. And then you can't come crying saying, oh, well, you know, we tapped out our payroll. We're at where we're only comfortable with. We suffered losses, financial losses last year. Well, sort of. You didn't suffer financial losses. You just didn't make the money that you were used to making. And you probably lost a couple hundred mil on a five billion dollar tab, which is like losing two dollars on like a two hundred dollar tab. So just live with it. And you knew the situation you were in. You knew the lineup imbalance. You knew that there were deficiencies elsewhere. And you decided to just stick with what you had, which not many people were opposed to. But also, if you're going to employ these restrictions, there needs to be some sort of leeway in 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 another direction. I know trading Adam Adovino was the first step of that. You had two relievers, but then you maybe got to trade one of your position guys or you got to trade 
a, a package of prospects for another player and have the other team eat some salary. Like get a little bit more creative. If this is what you're going to do to yourself, don't just sit there and throw your hands in the air and be like, Oh, well, this is the restrictions. We went into the year. These are the players that we have. They were supposed to be good. And that's the end of the story. Clearly not the end of the story. Clearly issues leaking into July now. And this next four weeks is going to define the future of Yankees baseball. Believe it or not, folks. It's, just so funny to hear how Steinbrenner do like, well, if, you know, an opportunity arises to pass the luxury tax threshold and there's a player we can add that really makes, of course I would, like, of course you would now, dude. Okay. <laughs> like, th- like, you know what? Actually an opportunity to add a player, you know, when that might've arisen the off season, when you had Michael Brantley coming to you wearing a suit jacket, being like, hi, uh, <laughs> Yankees. Uh, uh, sorry. I-, I know we haven't met uh, Michael Brantley, Houston Astros. Uh, just got the game seven in the ALCS. Um, I'm one of the best hitters in baseball. Oh, don't close the door. I'm slamming his face. Like <laughs> there were opportunities all off season long to add all-star level talent, MVP quality. You did not necessarily have to shop for bargain adjustments, you didn't have to clear out Adam Ottavino to your division rival, no matter how bad, no matter how bad you thought the Red Sox were going to be. And like nobody smart thought they were going to be actually bad. I think some people thought they were going to be 500 ish. Count me among the people who thought they were going to be an 88 win team. That's kind of where I was at. Um, and maybe they still will be. It'd be nice if they were and they failed a little bit in the second half. But right now they have 51 wins. Um, that's definitely the upper echelon of projections for the Boston Red Sox. But no matter how bad or good you thought they were going to be, Adam Ottavino at his worst was still good against righties. The Yankees don't have any lefties in the lineup. You still want to beat the Boston Red Sox if they're bad. And so this summer, the Yankees are basically saying, whether you're bad, whether you're good, we will be losing to you because in the middle innings, you you have a good righty-righty matchup reliever to throw at our lineup full of righties. So uh, I don't know. Like, it's clear from the fact that Adovino went to the Red Sox that that was the only team willing to take all that money that High and Bloom was like, oh, my God, they're they're giving him to us. And we have to just pay money. This is so funny. This is the funniest thing that ever happened. And (laughs) it's, it's clear that they were the only team willing to do that because otherwise I don't think Cashman would have traded to the Red Sox, but the directive came from above to get rid of Adovino's salary. Like, these are not the things that you do if you're willing to pass the luxury tax for the right player. I don't, I don't have a problem trading Adovino. Really, he was hit or miss, and he's been out of the, he was out of the Yankees rotation by the playoffs twice in two years. Um, I don't really need him on the roster, but I don't really need him on the Boston Red Sox. Once again, whether they were good or bad, I don't want to lose to them, so I don't want him on that team. Clearly, that was money related, money motivated. Um, Now you have now that the team has regressed and it's clear that they probably would have been uh, emboldened by a few additions this spring. Now you have the right to be like, well, if somebody comes along, I'll consider making the change. Well, a bunch of people came along and you didn't consider making the change. And in fact, shed payroll in order to not make the change. Yep. And now guess what? They're going to have to make a move at the deadline. I understand. Oh, well, are they going to have to make a move at the deadline? Going to have to do something. They're going to have to buy. They're going to have to buy at the deadline if they perform. If they go into the break, like I said, they got to go into the break hot. You got nine games left. Mets, Mariners, Astros. I know the Mets are good. I know the Mariners are good. The Mets, worst offense in baseball by far. You simply have to take advantage of that. Uh, Am I going to ask for a sweep? No, because I can't do that. I cannot even ask for a win. So I'm going to ask for can't ask for a win. We'll never ask for a win. anymore. I'm going to ask for adequate play Mariners. We go to Seattle. We typically body them. 
Uh, Seattle is good this year. They are better than us at the moment. Uh, they just took care of the Blue Jays in Buffalo, which was nice to see. Um, but the, that's a team the Yankees should take advantage of. Okay pitching, okay offense. Yankees are better. That's the end of the story. Astros, we're on a tear. Look at baseball, dude. Look at the Astros. On a tear, they looked unbeatable, and then they get a rain out in Detroit. They have to do a stupid fucking seven-inning seven doubleheader. They lose one of those games, and then they get swept by the Orioles. So everybody is human in Major League Baseball. I'm not saying this bad stretch of Astros baseball at the current moment is going to leak into the series that they're about to play in uh, at, at the end of next week. Um, but the Astros are not in the greatest of spots. They went from 47 and 29 to 49 and 33. Um, so if they're, if we're going to take advantage that the time is now, especially when your backs are against the wall and this is a team that has punked you for three, three, four, three years running or four years running, whatever it's been. So you go into the break hot, you need to give them a scenario, give Brian Cashman and house Steinbrenner a scenario where they're going to start, looking at options to buy because you got to hit the phones. Now it's going to be a very uh, in demand trade deadline this year with all the teams that have kind of risen to contendership that we weren't expecting. And Mark Feinstein of MLB.com surmises that the potential targets for the Yankees a little bit, uh, a little bit lesser under the radar that we weren't entirely expecting because so many other names have risen to the forefront. Starling Marte of the Marlins, Jose Barrios of the twins. Uh, fortify the outfield, which the Yankees have just actually did with the addition of Tim LaCastro, not entirely an offensive juggernaut, but guess what? Provides the Yankees with two things they don't have, defense and speed. Uh, another Tyler Wade, uh, I guess, carbon copy, um, except LaCastro is actually an outfielder. But anyway, you look at Starling Marte, a uh, flexible outfielder, uh, all-star caliber hitter. He's hitting over 300. He's OPSing, I think, in the 840 or 850 or something like that. Worlds above what the Yankees outfield, aside from Aaron Judge, is doing right now. And then you look at Jose Barrios, uh, better than any other pitcher aside from Garrett Cole that we have at the at the moment. Um, I'm not a huge Barrios guy because I mean, I guess I guess I'm not a huge Barrios guy simply because of the expectations that were placed on him. He was supposed to be the Twins ace. He's probably been the Twins number two two A guy um, yeah. at this point. Uh, Mid three ZRA, I'll take it. Strikes out batters, love it. Um, he would be. Uh, I would like to make a Harmon off the team and Jose Perios in the rotation instead. Uh, Jameson Tyone, unfortunately, is not going anywhere. He will be in the rotation until he figured things out, figures things out with his five and a half ERA. Um, so you look for Domingo Harmon to get the hell out of town. Maybe you add Berrios once again. The Yankees have to perform to justify the team making these moves. I don't know what you think about these. What's what's the deal? Yeah, I would rather have Domingo Herman out of the rotation than Tyone or Michael King. Honestly, yeah. am I a sick? Am I a sicko? Sure, but I long hated Domingo Herman. Um, his extremely selfish and disgusting actions uh, tainted the 2019 Yankee season. One of the most positive seasons I've had as a fan in a long time. Uh, I guess his teammates forgave him. He's back. He had as a 7.82 ERA. Uh, when he was performing in spring, we said the same thing. I will say the same thing forever and ever about Domingo Herman. I. You know, I'm just a fan trying to root for a team. It's very uncomfortable when things like this are foisted upon me. Um, but I don't enjoy him and I don't want him on the team anymore. Um, Barrios, I like. And like you said, not an ace, uh, has never been the Twins ace, but gives you the same year every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 3.67 ERA, an FIP right in line with his ERA. He's only topped four once since his rookie year, and it was to go 4.00 during the shortened season. Strikes out a lot of batters. Very good pitcher. Um, you know, Cole Severino, Barrios in a one, two, three is good. 
that's that's good. That's, yeah. that's a good sequence of pitchers. If Corey Kluber comes back, that's also good. Um, the rotation's not done being built, but Domingo Herman, 7.82 ERA in, in June. The worst fielding pitcher I've ever seen in my life. Like a crazy <laughs> deficiency. Dropped a dribbling grounder at Fenway Park like seven times to ignite a rally. A crazy thing that happened. Threw a laser beam towards Luke Voigt the other day that took Voigt's arm into the path of the runner, like potentially breaking his arm. And Voigt was just like, no, I'm not catching that. You're an idiot. Don't do not do that. Don't fling lasers at me. Um, uh, the Domingo Herman experience has been extremely unpleasant. I'm ready to cut bait. Marte is such an obvious addition. If, if this team has any intention of competing, um, he makes the team so much better. They don't have a center fielder right now. And and turning it into a Starling Marte, Tim Locastro center field platoon, rather than Brett Gardner in center field every day. And then maybe you alternate and do Har and Gardner in left, depending on who's hot and what you're feeling. A lot of flexibility there that they wouldn't have. They didn't get Marte. But again, if they're just straight up horrible and they, you know, lose seven of the next nine, then I'm not I'm not saying full teardown because I'm not saying Brian Cashman should even be a part of this next generation of Yankee moves. But I am saying you got to start trading people. You, you can't keep this whole roster intact just to play out the string and be not good. Um, yeah. So huge determinative streak for the Yankees future. I like both of those moves. If they even have an intention of competing, they're only four out in the loss column from the second wild card, which not our goal, but also crazy considering how devastatingly incompetent they've been time after time after time, including the most recent game, which was the worst of all. Obviously, the optics lately have been awful, but four out of the second wild card ain't nothing to sneeze at. There's a chance they're closer by the end of this stretch. But then again, they were three out of the Red Sox when they went to Fenway last week and are now like eight back. So who gives a fuck, right? Right. They just they need a run and the team is capable of it. They need the Nationals just went 15 and five in their last 20 games. There is no reason the New York Yankees cannot do that. If we do want to talk about positivity, yeah. Things should be a lot worse. The Yankees have been like statistically one of the worst teams in all of the sport. They should be when you boil it down. They should be under 500. They should not be sniffing anything close to the postseason right now. Being four out of the loss column is is a is a blessing at this point. We're halfway through the season. They have a half a season to make things up. I understand we're not going to see a regression in the other direction where they're blowing the cover off the ball and they're, you know, winning 25 straight games. That's not going to happen. We're also not asking for that. But you look at the Yankees schedule. If you divide it into 10 games a piece throughout the first 80 games, their best stretch was seven and three. Simply not good enough. And then they don't carry that seven, three momentum into anything else. They lose a couple. You need to you need to rattle off eight in a row. You need to rattle. You need to go 12 and one and 13. That's how you're going to make a difference here. The Yankees are capable of doing it. Um, I know their schedule right before uh, the trade deadline is not great. You got eight against the Red Sox, three against the Rays. Uh, really not going to help you. But guess what? It's going to test the uh, resilience of this squad because the Red Sox just whooped your ass for six straight. Now you get them for eight in a span of what? 11 days. So and we start at home. We yeah. start with four. At so home. why don't you do us a favor and kick somebody's ass and send a message and Pretend like you're good and worthwhile. And then we could talk about trade acquisitions in two weeks, in three weeks. And then we could be a lot more happier about the outlook of the season for the remaining 70 something games. That'd be nice. We, yeah, we've been whiny because the Yankees have gotten punked by the Astros, by the Red Sox in 2018, and by the Rays last year, and by the Red Sox and Rays and everybody this year. The Yankees did kick the Red Sox ass in both 2019 when they were okay, but somehow broken like we are this year, mm-hmm. and 2020 when they were horrible. 2020, nine and one. We beat the Red Sox nine times in 10 games. 
2019, I think we were 11 and five. No, sorry, 14 and five. That's an ass kicking. That was the 2018 world champions. Yeah. The 2019 Red Sox were a ton like us this year. And at the deadline, Dave Dombrowski looked at a team that was like us level bad and was something like six and a half or so out and was like, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. This team's not good. This team hasn't earned my respect. <laughs> and then they dovetailed from there. We swept them at the Bronx and it ended their season basically. Um, same basic deal here. So like the Yankees have a couple weeks to prove that they're worthy of moves. Uh, and there's a chance that if they are similarly seven and a half, eight back of the break, Brian Cashman and Hallen go, co go, fuck it. Team's not good. Team hasn't earned moves. And then they dovetail in the same way the Red Sox did. But guess what? The Red Sox are already back. We can already be back. We can be back next year if we keep this core and supplement it with people who help them and make sense and move Gleyber Torres to a different position, maybe and get a lefty bat, two lefty bats, sign a star like Corey Seager. It's not really that hard, folks. And the Yankees, as much as angry as we are at Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman, they don't want to lose. They're just as mystified as we are about the regression and the backsliding. And they know there's work to be done. So their past mistakes deserve to be, they deserve to be held accountable for not passing luxury tax this year in Garrett Cole's prime, which is embarrassing. Potentially a lockout is coming next year. A lot of reasons to be angry by the fact they didn't spend, but they are not going to take this lying down. I don't think, although we'll learn more next year, because if they don't spend next year, then yeah, it's a problem and sell the goddamn team. That is it for this all over the place edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. As long as you're not a fan of the New York Yankees, you might enjoy this podcast, the podcasts that have preceded it. Make sure to leave us a five-star review for helping out the haters with fresh material. And uh, yeah, we, we'd love to hear from you if you have a mailbag question too. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at YanksGoYard.com. Content there for you all day, every day. You can talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. We'll be there all day also and during game time specifically. Uh, sorry to preview the Mets series, guys. Subway series coming up this weekend, 4th of July weekend. Uh, what information did you want from us? Is it worth for us to prognosticate a fucking upcoming series? No, it's not. It's Jordan Montgomery versus Taiwan Walker, Garrett Cole versus Marcus Stroman, my, uh, TBA, which is supposed to be Michael King spot. So we'll see what happens there. Interesting. Uh, versus Tyler McGill. Uh, I mean, they just they just have to do something here. It, it, it is the Mets have the worst offense. The Yankees have some favorable pitching matchups here with Montgomery and Cole going. Um, there's there's nothing we could tell you that we think is going to happen that that may or may not because there's no predicting what this team is going to do. We we're just hoping for a series win. That's it. Yeah, I'm done asking for individual wins. I'm done asking to keep us alive. I'm done asking to keep you on life support. Just just do do your best. Win. I, I mean, I'm past the point of being hurt anymore. Win games. If you don't, I'll be very sad. Um, but win games. We'll see you on Monday. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.